Hey everyone, welcome back to Deja On Demand. If you are new here, my name is Deja Piper, and on this podcast, we talk about literally everything. So if you like to hear something new, check out my Instagram stories at Deja On Demand and let me know. In today's episode, we're going to be talking to Gwinnett BSU and Famita Wright and Michaela Kendall from North Star. If you remember, North Star is the organization that I helped start alongside Michaela Kendall. And today's podcast, we are also talking about racial bias and the unfair treatment of black women in our healthcare system. It's a very long and lengthy conversation, so I hope you enjoy it. And without further ado, let's get right into it. My name is Carson Hunter, and I'm a founder of the Gwinnett Black Student Union. Hi, my name is Zaria Brooks. I like to go by Z, um, and I'm also a founder of the Black Student Union, Gwinnett. Hi, my name is Jocelyn Goda. I'm also a founder of the Gwinnett Black Student Union. So the first thing that we are talking about today is racial bias. Racial bias is typically executed by someone who believes that their race is superior to other races, but it is the belief that one race acts a certain way, looks a certain way, or talks a certain way just because that is their race. Um, Like Black people are aggressive. Not all Black people are aggressive. Or like Asian people are super smart. Not all Asian people are really smart. I've met a couple of Asians that aren't as smart as I thought they would be. Um, This is open discussion. How have you guys been exposed to racial bias? The whole angry Black woman thing. Like, sometimes I feel like I can't even get mad without, you know, oh my God. Because I've actually been called like, oh, she's just Black. Of course she would get mad. Like, like it's not normal for anybody to get mad in a situation that upsets them. Yeah, not just like the angry thing, but people just feel like they can put my entire personality together based on my appearance and it's quite frustrating when they're like oh I didn't expect you to react like that I really thought you'd like blow up or I thought you'd be upset or I thought you'd be sad or I thought you'd enjoy this and I'm like why do you think that and they can never answer and they just made assumptions that were baseless. Yep I've definitely felt that before um I went to go visit my dad in Texas and from the vibes that I were getting, the whole family just thought that I was just going to be this ratchet little girl that comes in there and it's disrespectful and loud because that's how they feel Atlanta people are. And so I went there and it just felt like they were all so surprised at how calm I was. Um, The people I was around just like got this vibe that they just didn't expect me to act that way. And you said that was in Texas? Yes. Makes sense. (laughs) Carson, have you ever been exposed to racial bias? I mean, I've never really like noticed it. I don't really notice those things. I mean, usually, I guess when people like assume that I'm into certain like parts of black culture, like they would assume like I would talk different. People would say like, oh, you're so whitewashed because you don't have, you don't use AV or you don't um, like rap music. And so it's always something that's like upsetting, especially when it's coming from other black people to like hear 
someone to validate you just because you don't fall into every single stereotype. But it's also really problematic when like non-Black people do it because like they're basically typecasting you. And so like you feel like you have to prove other people wrong about like negative stereotypes about Black people. And it's just a lot of work. Okay, so I was talking to this white person, right? And I was talking about how I liked the movie The Breakfast Club and Dirty Dancing. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, my God, you're so white. Like, like somehow, because I was Black, they would assume that I wouldn't like any of those movies. Have you seen The Breakfast Club? Okay, it's a good movie. Okay, yes. just because I love I'm The Breakfast black, Club. <laughs> right. Just because, just because I like that movie doesn't mean I'm white. Yeah, I've definitely been called the whitest black girl someone has ever met and that low-key hurts because it's like am I really because I talk different than you would expect me to because I act different than you would expect me to but then it goes back to I also grew up in a majority white school system so I didn't realize that I was acting white from the age nine to now, I've just always been in a majority white space. It's like two sides to that. Have you guys ever been around when someone else was experienced racial bias? I um I see it quite a bit in my friend group actually. There's just a couple people that will consistently call out other people because they weren't aware of one thing that was like a part like important to black culture. And it was almost like they were revoking her black card. And I don't know, it's just really frustrating to see because like, like you said before, it's hurtful. And it was like really painful to see because obviously she's not going to like say something because I don't know, it's just really frustrating to see. I understand that. I know that a lot of people say like, you're not black if you haven't watched this or you're not black if you don't do this or your mom never did this. But you have to remember that People raise their kids differently. People do different things um, growing up. Like um, I didn't grow up in a neighborhood with a bunch of black kids. So a lot of the stuff that people were like, you're not black if you didn't experience this, um, I didn't experience. But I get it though. Like I get trying to connect on the whole, oh, your, your black mom woke you up with music like to clean on Saturday. Mine's the oh, my mom still does that. Yeah, I get the whole trying to connect thing. It's when it turns toxic and when you're like, oh, then you're not Black, okay? Then that whole, and it's fun doing the whole Black card revoke thing. You know, it's fun. I once didn't know what NAACP stood for. I know what it is. I still don't know what it stands for. My mom is a part of it. Like, <laughs> do you guys know what it stands for? <laughs> I cannot tell you. Like, I... I cannot help you. I can't help you. It's like, like something, something, do. something it's colored fine. people, right? Something, something. I don't think it's colored <laughs> <people>. <laughs> Okay, let me look it up. Let me look it up. No, I'm pretty sure one of the letters, I'm pretty sure C is like coalition or something. I don't think it's Hold colored on. people. <laughs> no, that is Negroes. And the C and the P is colored people. It's Negroes and colored people. The shame I feel. It it is colored people. It is colored people. It's National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. I knew one of the A's was association. Let me remember that. (laughs) I'm not going to remember that. Coalition, same thing. Same difference. Same difference. (laughs) (laughs) Colored and coalition are not the same. (laughs) 
they're the same thing. They had the like, same I'm not colored. Like, I'm actually a coalition. Okay. I am the coalition. That girl on Dr. Phil who said she's not black is going to start calling herself coalition. Mad seeing that, I was like, she's like, I'm I was black weak. people are disgusting. Like, what's happening right now? Um, but to answer your original question of like, when have I seen other people experience racial bias? Honestly, like, again, saying this, it hurts more for like me when it's like a non black person assuming because at least like the okay, here's my reasoning for when black people like execute racial bias on another black person it's like a survival method. Because basically, a lot of the time, like, Black people have to, they have the mindset that we all have to stick together, and it's best to be in unity. So when, like, people, like, don't do that, like, I can see why it would bother somebody. Mm -hmm. But when, like, a non-Black person, like, assumes that I have to like certain things, or tries to say that, like, they're Blacker than me, which is such a thing that, like, it happens so much, it just literally, like, just shut up like just shut up (laughs) (laughs) like how like like you don't know anything that you're talking about white people will absorb our culture so much that they think that they're us exactly if we don't apply to what they believe that we are then all of a sudden it's such a huge deal you're not really black well you're not black either honey (laughs) like (laughs) if anyone's gonna win the competition for being black it's me okay look at me i'm the one with the melanin quite literally like um (laughs) danielle bergroli do you guys know who that is didn't she I compare think... herself to Tarzan and called black people apes <laughs> she literally oh, did that did she really wait really because people... I'd be bobbing her music sometimes like I know oh, like she's problematic yeah. and we don't like her but they be catchy and... okay her songs are catchy. her songs actually are catchy, so catchy. but I don't know about that one you guys besides that <laughs> I feel like she thinks she knows our culture so much. Like she, I feel like she acts black and people, and she's like, why would I want to be black? Da, 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 da. But then again, that ties into the whole thing of acting black equals acting ratchet. Do you yeah. get what I mean? It also ties into the thing yeah. where people act black as their brand. And that's how she blew up. She talked like that. She was like, catch me outside, have I die? I hate them. I hate the Negroes. A bunch of stuff like that. And that blew her up. And that causes her to, and, that, and the music she makes also perpetuates that idea. She acts black in her music and her music videos. You can see it in her hair. Like there's just a gradual thing with black fishing that she does and it's her brand and that's how she makes her money. And that's how a lot of people make their money, like Kylie Jenner. Like you could say that a lot of people say that she black fishes, especially in that recent photo she posted a couple weeks ago. And some people say the same thing about Ariana Grande and a bunch of other people, and that's their brand and that's how they make money. And all it's just a whole cycle. Now with the whole Kylie yeah. Jenner thing, when the WAP music video came out, there was people saying she was in the vi- music video because she was the inventor of big lips and big butts. No, that is not why they put her in the music video. They put her in the music video because they didn't have anybody else during Corona. No, 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 no. First no, of- they were just friends, okay? Yeah, they she's were friends, friends of Cardi. They asked her, no, yeah. not- and like the little kids show up to- Escape back to how they said she was the inventor of big lips and a big butt. Black women have been having big lips and a big butt 
for centuries, gotten fully over it, and now all of a sudden she's the inventor. Yeah, I don't there like that because one... they always like blacks. They always hate on black women's big, they big lips. Our noses are bigger than theirs. Our butts are bigger than theirs, and they make it like as if it's such a bad thing. And now it's trending, and we're just like, um, we've been had this. What is it now? Just because a bunch of white girls got plastic surgery, now it's a trend. Were you guys bullied for like some of your features? Yes, all the time. My nose. My nose, and my nose isn't even like that big, and yet people. My nose is okay. My nose. Your nose fits your face. No, I got bullied for like having large thighs, and then like when I got to eighth grade, everybody was like, "Oh, I want to be something like you. I want to be. I want to have a like hips like you." It was like you guys, you guys. They'll bully you and then try to work out to look like you. Exactly. It's it's like I got told by this girl that my nose was huge like a cow's, and she said it on the bus and in front of everybody and loud. But like it's crazy because now I see you in a hallway. I'm just like, hey, I I don't really care. I have no resentment towards you. It's perfectly fine. You know, like, I think a lot of people like justify that making like women's bodies a trend and like people appropriating black culture as like it's like a beauty standard. Like you know, it's just like we're trying to uphold the beauty standards that are placed on us. It's like it's not our fault that your features are in, even though that like less than a generation ago they were considered disgusting and horrible. But it's just for me it's just really painful to see that happen because it's just like everything is like ugly on us until they not not to say they but until like non-black people take it you know Mm -hmm. like literally everything like it's just crazy yeah I get that and um back to the whole like getting bullied about certain features I would say that it hurts more when it comes from someone that is a person of color or a black person mm-hmm. like I don't care if if a white person bullies me I really don't but when it comes from your own people when they make comments about you or they hate on you that hurts more than a white person doing it because it because it just feels like really hurts because it's like we're supposed to be together we're supposed to band together and mm-hmm. yeah because honestly like most of the insults and stuff or when people say stuff about me to me about like my natural features I don't think like I can't name a single isolated incident like from my experience where it was from like a white person or a person who wasn't black like there have been black people that have body shaming they're they're be like oh you're so skinny you need to eat you look like a sick and blah 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 and blah, blah 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 this and the third oh your nose is big oh you do this oh you do this oh you sound white and you sound like a valley girl because I used to live in California all my life so of course I'm going to sound like this and it's just that all that stuff happened me when I moved here and it definitely and definitely used to take a toll on how I viewed myself and it and it definitely lowered my self-esteem in the very beginning like when I first moved here because now like I'm over it because there's something I can really do about it now it's just how it is I've learned to love myself in the way I am but death but when you're a child and when you're smaller and when you're like 13 12 and 11 like what else are you supposed to feel about yourself when that's all the people when that's when your friends that's when the people the black people who surround you and that's what they're saying to you I think it comes so. from a lot of internalized hate because like when I was younger my parents would be like oh you better not stay in the sun too much or you're gonna get darker like for some reason it was like in my household my parents did not want me to get dark but I loved wow. going outside and playing. But they had a problem. They actually had a problem 
with me going out and getting darker. I actually tan pretty rough in um, the sun. Like I, I get dark. My mom is dark skin. You guys haven't seen my mom. She's about Michaela's color. I get almost that color during the summer if I'm in the sun enough. Obviously, Corona, I haven't gotten dark. I've been pretty pale, but I get pretty mm-hmm. dark. And I used to like, people used to kind of like make comments about it. I don't know. I just felt like the comments they were making were kind of invalidating me being light skinned. I've had someone ask me if I was Mexican before. Is that why I look like this? And my mom is dark. I'm just like, what? (laughs) What? Honestly, honestly, I think we put i think black people put a lot of emphasis on skin color that doesn't need to be there like we shouldn't be thinking about people like oh they're light skin oh they're brown skin oh they're dark skin and i know that's just how it is right now because it obviously trails back to slave times when light skinned people would be in the house they'd be house slaves they'd be treated a lot better and so the act of colors and they're still rampant in our communities but i also think it is definitely a problem we should be fixing and I just don't really like it. I, it perpetuates a negative culture. People start as, I don't know, I just used to be really into being lighter, I think, when I was younger and I lived in California and there's always the heat and there's always the sun. That was a lot darker because I was always outside and biking and everything. And everyone would just be always saying stuff to me because I was the only black kid in the whole entire school. And yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, um, about the colorism thing, you know, the thing about it is, I think a lot of it, I mean, okay, colorism is like a major thing in a lot of different non-white cultures. It's like, you just get treated differently when you're lighter skinned. Like, it's like statistically proven that like courts will go easier on people with like lighter skin. Black men are like major perpetrators of colorism, even dark skinned black men will always choose lighter skinned women to like be with and I think that it's not something that I don't think that we will okay I don't feel like we could ever like get past it as long as other like cultures are not past it because I think it's just like kind of an effect of colonization and effect of like slavery and white supremacy um but it's I just really wish that like black people would really stop telling you know like other black people that they're just too dark because I think that happens a lot like both of my parents are dark skin I'm dark skin and knowing that a lot of them like grew up being called like blue and like like literally blue and like black and being constantly shamed for like having darker skin it's just really traumatic because it happened to me too and a lot of the time like biracial or light skin like black girls would pick on me for being dark and I was like you guys <laughs> like white people don't like you either I don't understand like what's the point of you know trying to bring someone else down but yeah yeah I get my that. two cents on the flip side of that I was the one light skin in a family full of dark skin people and I always felt like the outsider because all my family members are like darker than me and when I was super young I used to think that I was white. I'm not gonna lie. Like I used to tell people that I was white because I grew up with people who are darker than me. And I don't know, I just, even now, like going to like my family's house, like they all have like a lot of melanin in their skin. And then I'm just like, oh. And then like the the lighter skinned people on my granddad's side of the family, 
I don't talk to them. That's where most of the light skin comes from because we have Cherokee blood in us. I always felt like I was either like not accepted into my um, majority white school with the, you know, the white girls and all that, or I wasn't accepted with like the darker skin black people. And I always just had to try and find that middle ground with my friends. Um, even now, most of my friends are white because I just don't feel like I fit in with that crowd. So because Michaela has to leave, I'm going to direct this question at her so she can answer before <laughs> she leaves. What do you think that we can do to minimize the racial bias around us? Oh my God, I feel like I say this all the time, but you have to change what you're teaching in schools because there's a lot of like slick stuff that they put in these history textbooks that kind of go along with the stereotypes that they're putting into society. And if you're getting these kids while they're young and you're telling them, okay, there's different people in the world and that's okay, it's okay to be different, but you have to accept accept people for their differences. That's why I like Disney Channel because I think a lot of what they're doing is teaching, you know, it's okay to be different. You know, differences are here. We just have to all coexist with each other and respect each other with those differences. So as long as you're starting in the school system, you're having your kids watch movies and TV shows, and then those kids grow up and then they teach their kids about differences and respecting each other, then that's that's how you improve it. But honestly, there's always going to be biases. We're in too deep now. It's, it's, it's in everything. It's in our laws. It's in our textbooks. You know, it's in everyday life. You see it on the news. Yep. And that's why I worded the question as what can we do to minimize it and not what can we do to get rid of it? Because I don't think that we will live long enough to get rid of it. I don't, I think that if we start it right now, it will take generations to deconstruct the racism in this country because this entire country was built on racism. Um, okay. Here's my opinion. I don't really feel like it's like a, like, like you were saying to Michaela, like it's not a reasonable goal for people to like stop having racial bias because it is like systemic and everything, but people don't really like, if you're not a part of the minority, if you're not the ones that are being hurt by racial bias, then you probably don't have a desire to fix it like at all. So I just don't really feel like the masses who are perpetuating this, these things and who are not affected by them, whatever, try to fix them. I think that if you were to want to minimize racial bias, you should probably just I think representation is really important, like she was saying as well. But I would also say probably just like, it's not even like, I don't feel like Black people should have to act a certain way to get respect. I feel like the way that we act or the thing, our skin color and stuff like that should be normalized and should be shown. It's been for white people for like centuries, you know? That's why people are so used to like all white movies because they're like, oh, like, you know, it's a period piece, it's about them. I'm not supposed to be in it, so I'm just not even gonna complain about it. But whenever we have that for black people, people complain all the time. <laughs> whenever we want to like showcase our culture, people complain and say, well, that's not even diversity because it's an all black cast. And I think that it's just important that we don't really listen to those criticisms because we know that it's, you know, for the future generations of Black people that, you know, we can show them that you can have a fully Black community 
and it can be like safe, it can be wealthy. You don't have to participate in capitalism or to participate in like racism in order to get ahead. So yeah. Yeah, um, I get what you're saying. One thing that I've always like thought about was, um, and this has nothing to do with race, it's more sexuality based because when Netflix started doing a lot more movies with um, LGBTQ plus people, um, there was a lot of outrage for some reason. They were like, I understand that people are gay, but why do they have to put themselves like always in the movies and they have to show out and they're always holding flags and stuff like that. But on the flip side of that, some people push their religion on others. Some people push their heterosexuality Mm -hmm. on others. Some people like Trump supporters, like I've watched this video, deck out their cars and make America great again and walk around head to toe full in Trump gear. But those are the same people who get angry when one gay couple is in a movie. Um, yeah, they're the same people who would be like, oh, you can be gay, but just don't be gay around me. Just don't yeah. do all that around me. Don't try to ask me out or anything. Like I could say the same thing to you about your religion. Like, oh, because I'm not religious. I could be like, oh, you can be Christian and be it like over there. Don't try to like talk to me about Christianity, try to like convert me or anything. Because even though I'm not religious, I still ask questions. I still try to learn about other people's religions because it's something that interests me. It's something I would like to learn about. And you can, and it's just like common decency to try to be, to be educated. And so I don't know why people don't try to extend the same courtesy and especially let education happen in tv shows like the disney shows that michaela was talking about earlier yeah i think that a lot of people have a problem with black people being main characters or one thing that i've always thought was weird is that when a white person is doing a movie off of a black family it's either they're like facing hard times and like somebody's a drug dealer Mm -hmm. trying to make it out the hood and or somebody's stuck up and never been around their culture before. Like there are people that are like us. We've been in our culture, but we know our culture, but yet we've grown up in white communities or we've been around white communities. So I just always thought it was very interesting how you eat in the movie, you're either stuck in the hood trying to get out or you're this prissy little black girl who doesn't know anything about black culture. The next thing I want to talk about and I specifically want to talk about racial bias before this because racial bias ties into the unfair treatment of black women in our healthcare system. It is a myth but a lot of people believe it that black people can hand have a higher pain tolerance than white people and that they can handle more. So sometimes during birth black women are not offered the epidural. Black women are not offered any medication to help the pain of giving birth because they have a higher pain tolerance, um, mm-hmm. which is totally bogus. And I think it that's why it also goes to Black men also, like Black men don't get treatment for like cuts or bruises or anything they go to the hospital for, Black people in general, because we are supposedly have a higher pain tolerance than the average person, which is not true because I stubbed my toe yesterday and that hurt and I almost cried. So obviously... <laughs> Obviously, my pain tolerance is not as high as they think it is. So what do you guys think are some things that contribute to the unfair treatment of Black women? Um, Well, I don't know about contribute at this exact point in time, but I've I've read a lot of articles. I've 
um, and I've went through a lot of studies and I've heard that um, when black women have babies, they're more, they're like three times as likely to die right after she's given birth than a white woman having babies. And that's definitely, like, I remember when I saw that and I was like, wow. And it actually kind of made me scared to have a child because I was already afraid of childbirth. And now like <laughs> the fact yeah. that I might just like lose this child because some doctor doesn't think I'm worth enough of his time to try to actually help me and try to actually be a good doctor. Yep. Um, today I saw a video on TikTok and I didn't know this, but women of color are more likely to be um, jailed because of a miscarriage. So I don't know if you guys know, but some there was a case where a woman fell down the steps while she was pregnant and she went to the hospital to make sure that the baby was okay. And they charged her for attempted feticide, which is like killing the baby, even though that's not what she was trying wow. to do. She just fell. There was another case when a woman had excessive bleeding and she went to the hospital to check on it and they charged her with... I think it was like first degree murder of the baby only to find out months later that it was a miscarriage and women of color are a lot more likely to experience this kind of treatment of being jailed because their baby passed unexpectedly um mm -hmm. which is absolutely scary because it's like okay if i go to the hospital to get help because something's happening, something's wrong, and I'm pregnant, I can be charged with the murder of my child that I didn't even realize was dead, or I didn't even try to kill. It was something that miscarriages are something that you can't control. But back to what I was talking about, does anybody else have any things that they think that contribute or things that you think can affect Black women? Um. I think that okay so my sister is going to college to become a nurse and in her um her textbooks there's like immediate racial bias like one basically it said that all black people like to eat fried chicken and then they said it's because that in africa black people are starving it literally said like it said something along the lines of like black people like long for the food that they could never have so that's why they have to like eat like excessive amounts of like that carbs and stuff it was just so it was just so immediately like racist and i also saw this chart that said like things that you could get away with for like every single kind of ethnic group so for black people it was like you know you really don't have to do your job that well because they'll like they just accept pain it literally said like black people just think like pain is a part of life and they'll probably want to like anoint the patient with oil which is like okay even if a black person did want to anoint a person with oil like you should still do your job to make sure that they're the most like comfortable you know as opposed to a white person i also know that black people when prescribed like medicine like they never get as high as a dosage dosage as like white people do which is like a major reason why that like the opioid crisis happened because people doctors were over prescribing like white white patients stuff and then under prescribing black patients yeah, that's what i think medical racism like it's just racial science that black people have like different kind of like bodily functions or something or like our skin is thicker or that we should feel less pain because our ancestors went through like torture it's just and it still happens today and it's just really scary yep it makes you not want to go to the hospital or have children even things that are going on now besides the whole healthcare system like even all the racism that we are fighting right now 
makes you not want to like bring a child in this world because why would I want to bring them in this world if they're just going to experience hate, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't make me want to not go to the hospital or not have birth. It just really makes me want to invest myself into a community where the majority of the people are Black doctors. It makes me want to work even harder as a Black person to find like a Black doctor. Like I, I would feel like... I mean, I just feel like this generation, I'm just really hopeful because, you know, I think a lot of people of color are really getting like further and further as like time goes on. And I'm really hoping that I don't have to deliver a child with someone. I mean, like, I just really hope that it will become popularized to have like black clinics. Mm -hmm. Knowing those statistics, I really hope that you know, Black nurses and doctors will really take the initiative to protect Black women and, like, really, I just really hope it gets better. So, yeah. Me, me too, because, like, I know that Black babies are more likely to survive, like, I think it was, like, three times, it might have been less, it could have been more, but they're definitely more likely to survive when they're being cared for by a Black doctor or Black nurse when they're, when they first, like, hop out the womb, and so I definitely want to, like, that was a good idea that you had earlier when people were, or you were talking about birthing centers and hospitals where it'd be majority Black. And I think I would like, I would love to see that. Yep. That is something that hopefully somebody comes up with. Um, besides um, unfair treatment of Black women in our healthcare system, let's talk about unfair treatment of Black women in general. Have you guys ever, like, been on the internet or with someone where you just felt like a female was disrespected because they are black i feel like it wasn't very directly because she was black but of course everyone knows what happened with megan the stallion how she was shot and everybody before even finding out any details they already formed their conclusions that oh she was lying and i just feel like it's very similar to the whole Me Too movement where everybody was like, believe women and stuff like that, where yes, you should believe women, but I feel like that whole, at least wait until all the details are out because nobody knew anything at that time. Definitely regard her claims because why would she make that up, you know? So it's like people always think that, I don't know, they they say they protect Black people, but then they turn around and do this and mm-hmm. their claims are baseless and it's just because of maybe her status in society where people like that didn't happen because like why would you know so I feel like that definitely was an instance where Um, I think I think that the me too movement was kind of not really meant for black women at all I feel like it was kind of made for white feminists (laughs) in my personal opinion because it didn't really acknowledge the extra things that black women go through with misogynoir and I also think uh what you were saying like the first thing that you said um, the fact that a lot of men call women females, like, it's just a major red flag for me because it's just, it just really, it's just the woman version of Negro to me. <laughs> like, it's literally like, that's not my title. Like, if I call you a man and you call me a female, I'm just going to assume that you're misogynist because why would you even, it's not a term of endearment. It's not a term of respect. It's like, like, it's a very call, generalizing yeah technical like scientific terms so it's like why are you calling me that exactly Mm -hmm. 
because it reduces them into their reproductive abilities and it's mm-hmm. and to me it's kind of like degrading and it's like there are so many other words we could use why are we using female and it's just and the type of people the type of like men that usually use female are the type of men i don't like to be associating with and so i just don't like the word at all well to go back to the me too movement thing i actually thought it built their credibility because it was a black woman who started the whole movement in 2016 so I feel like since they had that sort of foundation that it sort of made everything after that a bit more impactful, I'd say. Yeah, and um, with the Me Too movement, or um, it made me think of um, Women's Rights Day, which honestly, I don't like it because the women's rights movement was not made for Black women. We had to have our own movement for that. And people who like the black women who jumped on that bandwagon I feel like they were left disappointed because it didn't give them the rights that they deserved they were still oppressed and so I feel as if we should also celebrate when black women were given the rights that they deserve so what are some things that we as a race need to do to protect our black women i would say just start by listening to them like everybody always wants to talk but no one's ever really ready to listen so i feel like if you just listen to them first then you can go from there and sort of have like a healthy dialogue and sort of solve a lot of the problems that are created by not listening that was really good um, i think that a lot of black men like to pray play um oppression olympics with us like constantly and i really wish that it would just cease like I think that there's a lot of entitlement um, with men in general and there's also entitlement with us like I think that a lot of people kind of combine the racial stereotype of black people being aggressive with the sexist stereotype that you know women are weak or women are like not as intelligent or less worthy of attention or their problems are like dramatic like dramatized I guess so I think that a way that I guess we could combat that is just kind of start trying to stick together more. I think that a lot of the times Black women kind of like let Black men get away with like hurting our feelings. A lot of like with the thing I was saying about colorism, a lot of Black women know that they benefit from colorism but don't really mind it because it makes them feel better when someone's like acknowledging them due to like their features and so I think that it's just kind of time to stop being a bird and just listen to your fellow black women yep I totally get that Joss do you have anything oh well I think Carson sums it up really well if you summed up my thoughts um I don't know what wait what did you mean by stop being a bird Birds are always chirping. Birds are always chirping. Yeah, it's just a talk. You don't listen. Yes. Okay, that makes sense. (laughs) I've never heard that. I know. I said that we have to talk about racial bias and unfair treatment of Black women in our healthcare system. But I felt when we were talking about racism in general, that really sparked conversation. So um, on the topic of racism, because I realized that a lot of these organizations were started because of what's happening in our country right now. So why did you guys decide to um, do this? Like what made you say, I want to start a Black Student Union for Gwinnett? 
Um, well, personally, I mean, in the beginning, all, all of us wanted to start like a regular Black Student Union at our high school, GSMSB. But at our high school, because at our high school, we originally had one, but in recent years, they cut down all the school clubs that weren't purely at, for academia. And we had actually had a whole plan and we set up a meeting with our principal and he just wasn't for bringing it back. Uh, we don't really know why, but it just kind of made us really upset. And we were like, you know what? If we can't have it at our high school, we're just going to go independent so we can do whatever we want, whatever we want. And we're just going to make it a whole Gannett-wide situation to connect the Black students across the county with each other, because there are a lot of Black students around the county, like at different high schools, because that have a high, different high schools have a higher Black percentage and higher Black people that go there. And there are Black students everywhere in our county, Gwinnett County, that we just wouldn't have otherwise met if we didn't have something like this and so it was really a way for people to make friends people to get educated people just have fun with people that look like them uh, basically um like the initial reason that we wanted to start this club was um <laughs> i noticed that there was a lot of racial injustice at our school and i would like just scroll on my phone all day and like complain <laughs> Um, I realized like that doesn't help or benefit anybody. So, you know, we all gathered and we all had the idea to like have a black student union. But I think the fact that we all unified and like, you know, we all kind of came to like the same conclusion that it's the the best way for us to have this is to is for us to like be together. And we were there were so many like things that we so many trial and errors that we had. But yeah, the main reason was we really wanted to do something that would help our communities. We were all really affected by racism. We all like really kind of bonded over the fact that, you know, we went to this school where even though it was very diverse, there was still like a lot of there was still like a lot of anti-blackness in general. And we just knew that it would be a good idea for us to solve it with this. So let's get on the topic of racism, which is a very vast topic. So we'll keep it to basically what injustice, like what was the first thing that caught your eye that really at that point you just felt angry or you just felt tired of the racism in this country? Like what event occurred that just made you were just like, dang, like seriously, again? Um, probably the, the, the issues that we've had a lot with police brutality, um, just, it feels like every other week we get another headline, another video of a black man being shot by the police, another, another court, another court case where they, if we're lucky, we get a court case and most, if not all the time, there's no real justice being served. And like, there's this saying that's going on a lot about Breonna Taylor, where, he's only getting charged for the shots that he missed. And that, that was really an interesting take to me because it's true. He wasn't charged for murder. He was charged for, I think he was like messing up the home of the neighbor who because had, of the bullets. I have written it down somewhere. I can't remember what exactly it's called, but basically it is charging an officer for the damage of the property and not killing an innocent woman. Mm-hmm. I thought it was messed up when they tried to convince her boyfriend to 
basically lie in court and say that she was part of like a gang that was dealing with drugs and that really ticked me off but the moment Mm -hmm. where I felt as if I was like completely tired of racism I think it was when all the videos were coming out of people doing absolutely nothing and the police firing the rubber bullets which are really really hard like it's like actual like rubber and can damage your skull like just seeing that just seeing the police get so ruthless like they just didn't care anymore that people were recording or that this is what we're fighting about they just took this inch and gave themselves a mile and just they were really just wilding out like that's the only way I can put it they were just going crazy Uh, um I'd say that my event was um back in 2014 after the death of Eric Garner if you remember uh the officer is very similar to George Floyd um he choked him out basically and um ever since then I've just been like monitoring the situation and it's the exact same that it was like I I go on YouTube sometimes and watch old TV interviews which with a bunch of activists, politicians, things like that. And the same discussions that they're having then, which was like six years ago, could very well be applied today, which tells me that we haven't grown as much as a lot of people think we have. And it's just sad to see. Very, and going off of that, I think a lot of people assume that we grew from racism and that it's not that much of a problem anymore. But in reality, we've just been covering it up. Like we've just been ignoring it and pretending that it's not there. And then finally, every I feel like everybody snapped at once and it was mainstream. And a lot of people are like, well, riots and stuff are unnecessary and all those people should go to jail. But I look at pictures from when I think it was like the 49ers lost their game and people were like burning cars. They were setting buildings on fire. They were angry, but nobody did anything about that. And nobody did anything when a bunch of white people with AR-15s went up to the Capitol demanding to get a haircut. But unarmed protesters can just stand in front of you and you feel threatened. Um, which brings me to my next question is how do you explain to people that they have white privilege? I don't like <laughs> I, don't, I, I just <laughs> I don't waste the time. Maybe I'll direct them to some articles and then they usually direct me to some BS article that just one read can tell that it's made by somebody who doesn't know what the hell they're talking about. And I just decided that I just wasn't going to bother with that. I usually just unfollow. I don't associate with them anymore. And I just live my life because I don't think it should be my job to educate 14-year-old white boys on why their whiteness is a privilege. When they're, when they're just going to say to me, oh, well, they're poor white people. It's like, yeah, they're poor white people, but the reason why they're poor isn't, that, isn't because they're white. Yeah. Um... I, I 
also like Jocelyn, I don't really engage with them. I'm just like, okay, you can continue believing that, like honestly. But if I had to explain it to them, I would definitely just direct them to Caitlin Bennett and call it a day. <laughs> when she showed up to <laughs> wherever it was with that whole assault rifle on her back, I feel mm-hmm. like that's just a perfect example. It was her, like, her graduation and she was taking graduation pictures with the AR-15 on her back and she said that white privilege doesn't exist but if you go to the case where the little boy was killed by police officers because he was playing in his front yard with a toy gun mm-hmm. to me it, yeah and it was obviously a toy gun and people were like well it looked real this girl had a real AR-15 on her back but she's not a threat <laughs> if you guys did you guys protest I wasn't allowed we're to all corona yeah. or something. Yeah, I, did I definitely would have, though. Did you? I tried to get them to take me. Like, I had my signs made and everything. <laughs> no, I did not protest um, corona. It's why I couldn't protest. But my mom was ready at one point to just go out there and protest. But how would you encourage people listening to be an activist and get out in their community? I feel like they should um, interact with organizations like ours for one thing and try to get involved with the people in their community and try to understand them better for one. And um, basically whatever they can, a lot of volunteering opportunities going on, um, especially around the holidays. You know, there's a lot of people who are in need of some assistance and it's usually minority communities. So I feel like just being very, in touch with the people who are around you is a good way to start yeah um i think that people should start read like reading more a lot of people don't they just say nonsense and (laughs) they don't read and if we want to like counteract that as a people then we really have to like work on just being educated and taking the so much work that like the people who came before us did to make sure that we were prepared to in order to fight racism and taking that and using and applying it to today. I also think like my dad always tells me like the best way <laughs> to help black people is to be like financially stable. So basically I would say like do your work. Like, you know, while other people, while while non-black kids get to like just study all day and further their own education and get a job and do all the things that, you know, like normal kids get to do. Like we have to worry about, you know, like if I stay out past the streetlights, am I going to die, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I would just say, do things that make you happy. Do things that, you know, just self-care really. Do things that you don't have to be black to do. Do things that you don't, that don't involve thinking about, you know, being black because a lot of the time it's, there's just so much work that's attached to it, just literally existing as a black person. So it's just, it's just good to just take care of yourself. Also like support black businesses, like that girl, you know, who sells her lip gloss and you need need to get the new lip gloss, that girl who braids hair and your hair is looking a little messed up. You should definitely support black businesses, especially small ones because we love them. Everybody needs to get their bag. And also, if you're going to a protest, if you absolutely have to, because they're good, they're definitely, like, I support the protest, but there's definitely um, the COVID thing going around right now. 
And so if you want to go to a protest, please be safe, wear your mask. Yeah, bring food, bring water. Yeah, stuff like that. One thing (laughs) that my mom always told me is that she was talking about the other day and she was saying that how she is in a workspace with majority of white people. And she goes, yeah, I can know my job. I can, she goes, it's not enough to have the the credentials and to have the degrees and to have the certificates. When I walk into a room, I have to know three times more about my job than any white person in there. I have to be able to know all sides of the situation. I have to know a lot more than them because that's the only way my value shows. And so what I will say to people who want to get out and be an activist If you are in the Gwinnett area, join Gwinnett BSU or join North Star. We we welcome you with open arms. Most definitely. We can't wait (laughs) to have you. Follow us, Gwinnett Black Students. Shameless plug. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But seriously, if you want to be more active in your community, work hard. Like you're going to have to work hard and you need to have this mindset that like, unfortunately, we have to have that mindset that we need to know 10 times more than anybody else in the room. Yeah. But keep that mindset. And I promise you, you will be a you are making a change whether you think so or not. Like if you're getting ready to start your own organization or club in your school, whether you're being an activist, what you are doing is enough just keep working and you will see change but I will put links in the description for their the Gwinnett BSU Instagram and our Instagram um as always you can check the um description box or the show notes to click any links that you can find there donate if you can to any Black Lives Matter movement and I think that's about all the advice I can give you yeah Uh, what i also have to say is like you know with everything going on i feel like now is just a great time to be bold and definitely um try to like research some things that you can do in your community to actually help out because you never know you'll probably be like oh yeah i'm just a middle schooler i'm just a high schooler but you never know because you don't know who else wants to help you and who else can help you and you don't know how that can make a change so definitely get out there and do what you can So unfortunately, we have reached the end of the episode, and I know it's completely tragic. You're yelling and screaming and crying at me, but I'm not sorry, okay? Um, If you like the show, or even if you didn't, make sure to leave a rating and review. Also, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Amazon Music or anywhere else that I forgot. That way you never miss an episode. And if you missed the Instagram handle because it was about an hour ago, don't worry, just check out the description box for all my links. I love you guys so much, and I'll catch you in the next one. Bye. Mwah. This podcast is brought to you by Pearls Community Restoration, healing the soul to restore the body.